Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. I have a good friend on, someone who the audience may be very familiar with. We've had Matt's on the podcast before. So excited to have Matt's back. Would you like to reintroduce yourself and say hello? Yeah, sure. Hi, Kate. So good to be back on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm Matt Hogmark, and I'm a Swedish physician working in primary health care. We know each other since many years back through the international work that we do in. Yes. You know, I don't remember if I said this to you the last time you were on the show, but we have a lot of listeners in Sweden. Um, yeah. and, and it can't just be you. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I know quite a few people who listen to this show and, and, uh, and, I, perhaps I'm responsible for a few of them because I've been, ever since you started this podcast, I've been sort of trying to tell people, this is a great podcast. You should listen to it. <laughs> so I'm able to see where in the world we have downloads and it's mm -hmm. exciting. I mean, we have downloads in like 40 countries. It's so wow. cool. Um, but I can see that a lot of them are in Sweden. And whenever I see that, I'm like, there's just no way that is Matt's only. There's got to be no. someone else out there. <laughs> Yeah, but like you know, Sweden is in in terms of motivational interviewing, where a lot of people know you from. Uh, Sweden is quite big in in relation to the population, so quite a many people here who work with uh, training others in MI. So maybe mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons. And also, like this is a great podcast, so why not? <laughs> I think as I go around my my everyday life and I I meet people at holiday parties or dinner parties. I need to start telling them that I'm I'm huge in Sweden. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nobody can say anything else than that because it's it's a, it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, and since the last time you've been on the show, you have now started your own podcast. So, what yeah. can you tell us about that? Yeah, I have actually, together with a friend who um, his name is John, and he he's an actor. So we come from completely different backgrounds professionally. Uh, he's he's doing improv acting and and uh, he's training other people in improv acting. So we started a podcast a uh, little over a year ago uh, called in Swedish it's called Samtal om Samtal, which means conversations about conversations. <laughs> and uh, and we have now to this date we've released fifty two episodes. I think tomorrow we'll drop our fifty third episode. So we. We produce one episode a week, <laughs> so it's quite wow. intense. That is intense. You know, we'll do here one episode a week, but just for like 10 weeks. Yeah. And then I then I take a long break. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm I'm very impressed the way that you and John have just just decided to, to go right at this. And I want to listen, but I don't speak Swedish. No, I think it'll be so difficult for you. Yes. We'll have to wait for some kind of super AI translator. But... Yes, <laughs> that that must exist. That must exist. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure through artificial intelligence, I could understand <laughs> what you and John are speaking about. Yeah. Um, 
but perhaps you could say a little bit more to our audience about just really what you've learned from doing this show, mm-hmm. um, what maybe has come up that you think is interesting for us to hear about. Sure, yeah. And I, I must say as well, and you know this already, but you're too modest to even bring it up, but the reason why I even got the idea once to start this podcast was because of only trying to help. Uh, because when you started this podcast, um, I just felt that, wow, it would be nice to do something like this in Swedish, to talk about how we talk to other people, how we're trying to be helpful, what is helpful, what is not so helpful. Um, you're talking about empathy and affirmations and all these things that we discuss a lot in in, uh, in motivational interviewing. And I, I felt that I would like to do this at some point. And then a few years later, this I I established a contact with with John. We got to know each other through Twitter. Actually, we 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 live in different cities in Sweden, so we uh, we got to know each other that way, and and sort of came up with it that maybe we should do something together. So so some tolom some tol is actually like a spinoff from <laughs> from your podcast. Listen, I would love to find out that all over the world there are versions of this podcast <laughs> popping up in different languages. Yeah. So fantastic. And to the listeners, if you're thinking, hey, I could do that too. Yes, you can. Yes, yes you, you can. can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, no, but we call it conversations about conversations because, because I think it's important to... Um, people who work in help, helping professions and also I mean people who are just wanting to be helpful in private um, settings to, to actually talk about how we talk to other people and how to, we talk to ourselves as well. Um, I work in medicine and generally we as a profession, we, uh, we discuss a lot about uh, different ways of treating patients, uh, medications, um, various, I mean, surgical procedures or whatever it is. We we go to trainings, we learn new things, we, we talk about those things in our, in our staff meetings, but rarely do we talk about what I consider to be our most important tool, which is the communication skills. It's important that we know what we do, what the, we, we have to know the medical side, but we also need to know how to communicate this to our patients in a way that they will feel engaged and involved and, and that they will understand what we talk about. Uh, and, if, and if we don't talk about how we use those tools, then uh, we're not going to be uh, any better at it. So, so that's why we wanted to have conversations about conversations. Sometimes when I tell people that we ought to be aware of the way we communicate with others, they use back to me the word mindfulness. Like there's mm-hmm. there's an aspect of this, which is really about being mindful. It's mm-hmm. sort of like an awareness of one's own thoughts that becomes an awareness of how we speak. Is that how you think about it? I, yeah, I think so. Um, if you if you uh, talk about communication skills and you train in communication skills and you sort of get evaluations from someone else who will look at how you perform together with a patient or a client and they will give you some feedback, it will make you hopefully more mindful of what you're doing. <laughs> um, sometimes I talk about having a 
method within a quotation marks, having a method of, of communicating like motivational interviewing, am I, for instance. I talk about it as a, uh, something, when you walk down the stairs in, in a house, there is this ray, what do you call it a railing that you can hold your hand on? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and sometimes you just need to, if, if you sort of get out of balance or you're asleep or something, you need to find that railing and put your hand there to, to sort of stabilize and get get back into balance again. Mm -hmm. And most of the times when you walk up and down stairs, you don't need to do that because you've learned how to uh, operate those stairs. You know that there's this, this step is a little bit creaky and this one is a bit slippery, So, but, but you learn that with time. And once in a while, if you sort of slip, you just hold on to that railing. And I, I think I look at communication methods just like that. If if you are if you're a bit unsure about how to proceed in a in a, um, a consultation or conversation, you need to sort of hold on to that railing, and that's your method. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, to be mindful of uh, why what happened here, why did I go wrong, and just go back to the method and sort of. Uh, look at it and okay so this is what i my mistake i need to correct it it's a great analogy and um, a nice visual because when i speak to people maybe not in their professional roles just like parents or friends or folks who want to be helpful to other people often what they describe is that they feel like they are kind of flailing like, mm -hmm. I just don't know what to say. And I'm, I'm reaching, they'll say that I'm reaching. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like your analogy. It's like they're reaching for the railing, but they're not finding one. Yeah. Um, and so I think what we're both saying is it's nice to have the railing there for when you're reaching. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people out there know the feeling of reaching for the railing and oops, there's nothing there. Yeah, exactly. So I, th I think that is a useful way of looking at it, and and um, and and it it makes it easier for you to be mindful of what's happening, the the things that you're doing that makes the conversations flow smoothly, and uh, you notice that you are actually being helpful. You're not you're not trying to fix someone who doesn't want to be fixed. Yeah. Uh, and other times you are doing the wrong things, but you sort of can see it and, and okay, so I, I need to adapt my way of, of talking to this person and, yeah. and do something else. I, there's so much beauty in just that little thing you just said that like maybe sometimes we feel like, oh, I did the wrong thing and maybe I should do something else. And you said it like everybody knows that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know that everybody knows that because when yeah. I go out into the world, I see people communicating in ways that are not so helpful and they just insist on sticking to those same ways that are not helping. Yeah. And there's some beauty in just saying, how about I try a different way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why, why not? If it's not working, well, do something else. Yeah. 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 I wonder if you have found any common, um, like themes. I know that you speak to people on your mm -hmm. podcast from many different professions, but I wonder, are there some things that like every person, no matter what their profession, they, they keep bringing up the same kind of ideas or the same kinds of topics? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting question. It's we, um, out of the 50 plus episodes, maybe about 30, 
32 or 33 of them, we've had guests on the show. Mm -hmm. And the other the other episodes has been me and John only talking about different themes. We've talked about the, how being vulnerable with other people. Uh, we've talked mm -hmm. about the difference between communicating through text messages or uh, direct uh, meeting someone in, in physically. And we, we discussed various things. How to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> how to, in, a, in a good way. Um, and and um, with the guests, one of the one topic that more or less always comes up, uh, and maybe that's because of how we think. But we often talk about empathy, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, we often talk about compassion and self-compassion. Yeah, uh, being um, because when you want to talk to people and you notice that this didn't work out the way I had planned. You need to sort of be a bit self-compassionate to pat yourself on the shoulder and say, well, at least I tried. I did my best. It wasn't mm -hmm. perfect, but I tried. Yeah. Uh, and not sort of beat yourself too much about um, not being the per best version of yourself. So those are some things that often come up when we talk, John and I, and when we have guests as well. I'm smiling because I... I think that um, what really inspired Only Trying to Help was knowing that people are coming from a good place and they yeah. mean well. And, yeah. and, and, and the whole show is designed for the people who have really good hearts and are doing the best they can and maybe make mistakes sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so the way you described that as we need to have some self-compassion that Maybe there will be times in your conversations where you have offended someone or hurt someone's feelings, but I assume you're a listener here because your heart is in the right place yeah. or you wouldn't be listening, right? Like this yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't be interested in this yeah. show. Um, and that's where I think some self-compassion can come into play. So thank you mm. for mentioning that. And, and it's hard. I, I talk about it all the time, self-compassion, and yet... I'm not always super compassionate towards myself. So um, I'm, I'm, it's it's a work in progress, I think, for most of us. So, mm -hmm. so that's one thing we often talk about. We often also talk about um, being uh, curious and open and, um, I mean, wanting to know the other person's perspective. And we've, I mean, we've had, uh, for instance, we've had some of the most prestigious famous uh, journalists and politicians as guests on our podcast in in sweden mm -hmm. and um, what often comes up is also the uh, the importance of um, being uh, of working in of in establishing a good relationship with the person you're talking to whether you're a journalist who wants to interview somebody or if you're a politician who wants to listen to people on the streets uh, to sort of lower your prestige and to also uh, establish a good relationship with people to be to show them that i'm here to i'm here to help and i'm here to understand your perspective i'm not here to tell you exactly what you're supposed to be doing but i want to learn from you yeah, yeah. you make a great point about how a person has to believe that you care if they're going to share anything with you. I mean, I'm, I've been in that situation where a person maybe asks me a question, but I could tell they're not really listening and I get the sense they don't really care. Well, then I don't really want to answer. You know, <laughs> I, 
I'm not invested in this. And so one of the most important things we can do is build the kind of relationship that lets people know I do actually care. And that's that's an important starting place that yeah. sometimes we skip over. We, we did a whole re- uh, episode about um, about the words I don't know. How oh. do you how do you uh, work with somebody who keeps telling you all the time that I don't know? Is is it because they don't know? They are are lacking uh, facts and information. Often that's not the case. Could it be that they don't know if they want to talk about this issue with you? They don't know if they feel safe uh, with you. They don't know if if you're the right person for them to talk about this sensitive issue. Uh, and and so they, they also, I mean, connecting back to the importance of actually showing that I'm a person who's interested in you. I want to help you. I, yeah, about yeah. the relationship part. It's a great point. I think sometimes people say, I don't know, because to take a guess at that answer means risking making a mistake. Yeah. And they and they don't know if they can make mistakes with you. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't feel safe enough yet to, to um let down their guard and and, and you know. So that's and, and and that's also one thing that often comes up, I think, when we, we talk about when we talk to guests from various settings it's it's uh, seems to uh, sort of run across the the border from regardless of profession the 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 importance of being that uh, safe space for some for the other person to um open up yeah yeah and you know this but but i i find that it creating that safety is not something you can do like on command you can't just say to someone like open up. Don't worry. It'll be fine. (laughs) I'm a good person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever trusted a person on demand. Um, And so we've got to find some other ways that that are usually a little harder, um, but worth it. They're Mm. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also really interested in what you said about using like text or, you know, maybe it's email or technology. Um, Because when I'm traveling around doing trainings for professionals to teach them how to communicate well with their clients or their patients. Um, I often say, you know, email and text messages and, and all the other like written forms of communication are a really good place just to practice mm-hmm. because you can start to type something out and you can look at it and check it before you hit send. (laughs) And there's an opportunity to delete if you're like, oh, wait, that sounds weird. Let me try it a different way. And so, you know, I always say it's not that I'm suggesting you must always in all of your written communication be at your like sharpest level. I'm just saying it's an opportunity to practice some of these things where there's like a, a chance to edit, which is nice. Very, that's a very good point. Absolutely. You can, you can look at it and then, well, this doesn't feel really right. I have to change it. And then you can send them. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) In real life, face to face, it's a little harder to do that. Not impossible. You know, there have been times where I've spoken to someone and said, wait, that came out wrong. Let me try that again. (laughs) And you try and redo but it's harder face to face in in text or email. No one even knows that you did a little editing before you hit send. Mm. No, that's right. 
we've we've had conversations with guests about uh, i mean about relationships about sexuality about um, um, alcohol dependence uh, suicide prevention and uh, it's been very interesting it's been it for us we've it's been like um it's been like a gift actually we meet once a week on uh, on zoom or uh, messenger for video conferencing to talk our, our episodes are a little bit bit longer often between 40 and maybe 65 minutes or so uh, and uh, just to be able to uh, talk to somebody who knows a lot about knows a lot of things about their topic and who is also interested in sharing but also um, I mean we're all sharing it's a, often when we are three people on the call I think we all go away a little bit more enlightened <laughs> Uh, and just to have that possibility of, of of doing that once a week, it's it's it feels like a great privilege actually to be able to do it. Well, it's it's like uh, we planned this because the next thing I was going to ask you, you you've you've set me up really well. I was <laughs> I was going to ask you what have you learned, but it seems like you're telling me that you get to learn so much every time. Um, yeah. Can you share anything that you feel like it has been a real takeaway that, you know, you've either, either learned about yourself or learned about some profession or about your your co-host? <laughs> yeah, no, my co-host, John and I, we we didn't, when we started this podcast, we had met once uh, in real life uh, for, an, uh, for an evening uh, in, in Göteborg, Gothenburg, uh, where I was for a Mint uh, conference and, and he lives there. So that's the only time we had met. And, and I, at this point in life, there is no other person that I speak so um, privately with, like I do with him. And, and so that's, that's amazing, I think, the way yeah. you can actually get to know each other from this video conferencing call. So, um, so that's been an interesting experience. And then, of course, I, we've learned a lot from various guests. Uh, people are, say the smartest things, and just and when you repeat them, and you say, like, "Wow, that's that's such a great statement," and you sort of store it in the back of your head and take it out, and then you can use it over and over again. But one, one another thing that I've learned is, um, I think, for myself, uh, I've been uh, I've noticed that it's okay to be a bit vulnerable as well on on air as in our podcast we have become i think we have become safer with each other and we've also become safer with the fact knowing that there are people out there listening to our conversations about conversations but i've been also been i've started sharing more personal private things in my life things that have been not so good and things that are happening that i feel great about yeah. and it's it's fine actually and, and we often get a lot of nice feedback from from people commenting about uh, about this this atmosphere of, of um, collaboration and partnership that we have so mm -hmm. you know you we're speaking about the gift that it has been for you. And mm -hmm. I feel like the reciprocal gift you're then giving back is opening up about yourself and, and not guarding or protecting some things you're, you're really sharing with your audience, which I think then helps build some trust. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're kind of modeling exactly the type of relationship building <laughs> that you talk yeah. about. You're yeah. modeling it on a, on a larger level with the show. Yeah. Uh, we had a one feedback that came from a, a listener who was once a guest at well as well. She, she wrote, because we had an episode about small talk. I don't know if you call it that, but like mm-hmm. the things that you talk about that aren't perhaps very important, but still they are important in establishing relationships. Uh, could be at least. Yep. And and so she wrote that she had been on the Stockholm subway and because of the podcast, she had been, started to talk to people who, like strangers on the subway train. And she had had the most amazing conversations with people people who had started crying and telling her that oh. things were really hard in their lives. And, and she had been listening and sort of trying to uh, affirm and validate their emotions. And, 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 she, and, and she said, I wouldn't have done that this if it weren't for, for, uh, for the podcast. And I mean, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. See, you are changing the world in many ways, in many ways. Yeah. Uh, but there's just one. That's really cool to hear. Um, And you you set this stone in motion. (laughs) So talking about changing the world, Kate. (laughs) You know, so I was recording an episode about a week ago with someone and she just said, like, how did you get into this? And I said, you know, it started strangely like that I had an idea for a book I wanted to write, but I needed a place to just like test out ideas. But I didn't think the podcast would last. It was just like a laboratory to just try out some stuff that could become the book. And now I I hardly think about the book, really. The podcast is the main thing. Um, And it, it, for me, is like one of the few creative things I get to do in my life. I, I don't paint or sing or sew or, you know, I I don't have a lot of um, art in my life. And so for me, this is a kind of creative project that um, is hard to put down now that I've been doing it. Actually, this is exactly my experience as well. I, I, I mean, I do sing in a choir, but I, I don't paint, I don't anything like that. So this has also been for me, like a great gift from John, who is a very creative person. I've actually, I thanked him for helping, allowing me to be creative with him. So I, I completely relate to what you, what you just said. Cool. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to share about your experience as we start to wind down here? No, I don't think so. It's It's been great to talk about this with you and, I mean, speaking of talking about how we talk to each other, I mean, having these conversations is super helpful because you you hear yourself talking and you discover new things. And uh, I think we we both discover new things through talking like this. So thank you very much for allowing me to, to elaborate with you, Kate. Thanks for being here. And I will have you on every season if you're willing. Uh, (laughs) It's always fun. Thanks so much. 